0: happening this is brad ward your host of all eyes on cleveland here with a special uh emergency podcast session as odell beckham jr will be released from the cleveland browns i want to talk about a few things here with us tonight as we look towards cincinnati on sunday and a must must win for the browns I will say that um, I had some things planned this week. We had James Rupian scheduled to come on on Thursday night uh, on the YouTube channel. And that did not work out due to uh, internet outages in our area here. Um, And I thank James for trying to accommodate uh, me. We'll have him on the show again when the Browns face the uh, Bengals a second time around. But, uh, I felt like I wanted to get something out here tonight, and of course we will be back tomorrow night with our joint, um, game day preview with, uh, the OBR film and breakdown and Jake Burns Saturday night like we always do. But, you know, a lot of things going around right now, and it's not, not a lot of fun for Browns fans, um... Yeah, so all eyes on Cleveland special edition. OBJ is out, uh, as we all figured earlier this week. Uh, just to kind of recap things, and there's a few things I want to hit on. This won't be long podcast, but I, I felt that it was necessary that I talk about some of this stuff uh, here. So contractually, they basically the last few days the Browns did not want Odell in the building. They told him, "Don't bother." Uh, coming on in, and, uh, they sat down with his representation. I have, uh, had spot track up, and I was looking at some of the stuff that they were doing contractually to try to make this easier for, the Browns want to make it easier for him to get claimed so that they are not responsible for the $7.25 million left on his contract. Meanwhile, uh Odell and company want him to be uh, to get through waivers unclaimed so that he can be a free agent. Um so what happened really in this negotiation eventually is they got it down it was eight million. I guess it got it down to seven point two five. They rolled up his bonuses and they squashed The last two years of the deal, which were essentially void years because none of that money left on his contract was guaranteed, so he was set to make thirteen point seven five in base salary in two thousand twenty two. None of it guaranteed. There was a roster bonus uh, of a million dollars, a workout bonus of two hundred fifty thousand. The cap hit would have been. 15 million same exact thing for 2023 so what they did is they basically um and what you're going to see you're going to see a lot of this here with all of the uh in the cap crunch here there was a lot of voided years they treated these as voided years so 2023 and 2022 essentially off the book so if a team were to claim him Uh, you know, the Browns essentially could have kept him around at this figure if he had stayed with the team beyond 2021 at the $15 or so um, figure for 2022 and 23. None of that is guaranteed now, so they probably, you know, this was the end of his time here at the end of the year anyways, but uh, for the sake of making it easier for teams to sign him in waivers or or pick up claim him. They got the number 7.25 million, which will be the number that would be absorbed by any team that were to claim him once he hits waivers on uh, Monday or Tuesday, whatever that is, Tuesday, I guess. Hit waivers on Monday and and clear waivers on Tuesday more than likely, and then will be a free agent to sign with any team next week. Now, If we look at this, those years are gone now. So any team that does claim him uh, will not have that option to keep him around for 22 and 23. He will be a free agent, uh, unrestricted free agent, at the end of this season regardless. So you're getting a rental if you claim him. Opportunity to maybe restructure it if it works out, if it doesn't. And, you know, we'll see. There's a number of teams out there that are interested. Surely uh, Baltimore is interested, I would imagine. Uh, I really don't care where he goes. I mean, I really don't care. If he goes to, I mean, so many people I've seen, I'm going to mention a number of narratives that I've seen here in the past few days that I want to put my opinion on here. And our thoughts at All Eyes on Cleveland, Mikey behind the ones and twos. Thank you. tonight. It's night. You know, I've been feeling under the weather the last few days as well. Uh, so um, thanks for Mikey coming in here to get this one done tonight. But back to the topic at hand. Anyways, there's this narrative where people are frightened to death of the idea of Odell Beckham Jr. going to an AFC team in competition with the Browns, or maybe even on their schedule in in the last nine games of the season. And I am not frightened of that at all. And I don't care, you know, if he goes out and does well, good for him. But his time here in Cleveland was not great. It was not fun. He didn't make the team better. He he had one really good game in Dallas. There are multiple people and levels of the organization that are culpable here but the number one main culprit and a lot of people want to give him zero blame in any of this let's let's talk i mean let's be serious he handled this very poorly and not professionally and you know it was a very coordinated uh social media campaign via his father and lebron etc uh to get him out of town and he quit he quit on the browns now, Mary Kay Cabot is reporting that he wanted a trade in the offseason. So now, you know, is how much is Andrew Barry culpable? Kevin Stefanski culpable of not recognizing that, hey, this wasn't going to work. We had success without him. He wanted out. Can we trade him? But realistically, even if he was requesting trades, the guy's coming off of ACL surgery. Owed fifteen million dollars guaranteed this year because of the you know—the injury guarantee kicked in. It, finding a trade partner was never going to be easy with him. Even at the deadline, up against it, they couldn't get it done. With the Saints, it just wasn't realistic. Um, and then, and so here we are. You know, he's going to probably clear waivers and sign with whoever he wants, and that's fine. And the Browns will pay his $7.25 million um, cap hit. They'll pay that, and he'll probably make more money on top of it. Signed for a couple million dollars someplace else to play out the rest of the year. I don't hate Odell Beckham Jr. He tried to be a good soldier. He kept his mouth shut. He tried to be a good teammate. He tried to do the right things. He always blocked well. I, I can't say that he didn't play hard. But let's be real about this. I mean, it's more complicated than just the video that his dad put out. It's more complicated than that, and a lot of that has come to light here that, uh, about, you know, Odell freelancing routes, whatever, okay, right. He is partially culpable in this. He has not performed. He has dropped passes. He hasn't been productive. He hasn't been Odell Beckham Jr. That, that the Browns traded for, or John Dorsey traded for. Also, Baker Mayfield has been worse with him on the field for whatever reason. He has been worse with him on the field. The data is clear here that he has his better games without him on the field at the end of last year. Now, whether we're going to see that sort of Renaissance without him this year to be continued, but the way he has been playing, I would be shocked if we saw Baker come suddenly out of his shell and play better. Boy, I'm hoping so, but don't really see it. But, you know, some of the time, and I am, if you watch my show, I have been pounding the table for weeks saying... This guy will not let go of the ball. Odell is, op- is open downfield. Donovan Peoples-Jones is open downfield. Guys are open. He gets to the top of a drop, he pats the ball, he won't let it go. For some reason, he's afraid to let the ball go. So sure, does Odell freelance and not run the right route sometimes? Sure. Is he partially culpable-, culpable for drops and other, you know, not being in the right place at the right time? Sure has Baker been very poor this year, average to below, in my opinion? Sure, absolutely. His vision has been bad. Now, Kevin Stefanski. Let's get to this topic because, I mean, I am a Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I have been on the side of Kevin Stefanski here, and that I think that in a couple weeks, a lot of these people that are bashing him fire Stefanski. I see all over the place how ridiculous. Can we get this guy who won Coach of the Year last year. is viewed as as a uh, top flight play caller around the NFL. But um, people are calling for his job now, right? Like this is all Stefanski's fault. All right, so where are we at with this? I think that's ludicrous. I think Stefanski has made some mistakes, no question about it. But I still view him as the Browns' long-term answer at head coach, and, and I'm not going to rush to judgment there because I think that he's the right guy for this job. Now, with that in mind, there's a little pref- you know, sidebar on this in that how did he handle Odell Beckham Jr. and, Lan- and uh, not Landry and Mayfield well, Mayfield won't let go of the ball. Some people are placing blame on Stefanski here saying that he's holding him back. I I don't think that's the case. I I don't think I don't know why Baker won't let it go. But it's so much of a mystery that I won't rule it out that Stefanski has maybe scared him into let's not turn the ball over, but I mean, we're talking about guys running butt-naked wide open all over the field at times, and he just won't let it go. It'll be very interesting to see how he plays on Sunday and moving forward. I think he'll be better. Do you think it's because Odell was out there? No. Why wouldn't he throw in the ball when he's open? Sometimes he just never looked his way. And sure, sometimes he freelanced, but sometimes they've got, I mean, I mean, a quarterback, the caliber Baker Mayfield, and a wide receiver, the caliber OBJ, you're just going to connect sometimes, and they just never did. That is hard to fathom. That is hard to get your mind around, right? There's just a, it's baffling. It's baffling. Kevin Stefanski, partially at fault. Should you have, would I have, And trust me, I'm no. You know, not comparing myself to any coach or whatever. But what was I for the idea of getting him the ball early in the game on a reverse, on a jet sweep, on a bubble screen, on a quick slant, on a quick stop route, uh, to get him touches early in games, maybe get him in a rhythm, resulting in a bigger game resulting in Baker looking his way more. Sure, I was all for that from the beginning of the year. For whatever reason that never happened. So, Stefanski's partly culpable too. And finally, we'll get to Andrew Berry. Andrew Berry is partly culpable in this as well if it is true that he asked for the trade in the offseason. If he didn't want to be here, then I don't want you here. I mean, I've been over this a thousand times. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. Period. If you don't want to be a Cleveland Brown, I don't want you to be a Cleveland Brown. Said this a million times to Duke Johnson. Get the, Get him the hell out of here. Now, by all accounts, O'Dell was a professional and a good teammate and da-da-da-da-da, but he did not perform on the field. He did not sell out and ultimately he quit on this team. When it came down to it, he quit on this team at 4 and 4. So yeah, I'm angry about that. I'm mad as hell about that. That's bullshit. I mean, it's fine. I get it. One target, you're upset, whatever. He didn't want to work it out anymore. I understand. His camp is mad. He's mad. He deserves more touches. He deserves more looks. He went about it all wrong. Very immature. Uh, All the things that happened with his dad's video, I mean, that's unacceptable. And the Browns, as they should have at this point, said this relationship cannot continue. And it couldn't. Let's be real. After what OBJ's camp did, and in camp I include his dad, Pops, and a number of other professional athletes that free OBJ, right? LeBron James back to free OBJ from Cleveland as if you haven't done enough to Cleveland, LeBron, as far as leaving goes, that now you're going to support another star leaving town. But it's fine. It's all good. The Browns will be better for it in the long run. Personally, feel really feel that way. Now, Let's go through some other things here that I jotted down that I thought were worth, uh, you know. Now that I've set the stage of who is culpable here, everyone is culpable, everyone misplayed this, right? It's Mikey? Yeah, Mikey agrees. Everybody has misplayed this. The Browns will never attract another high-profile star player. What do we think about that narrative that's out there now? Browns don't know what to do with a star. Jarvis Landry's a star, right? They shit-talked him out of Miami when he left. Browns have handled him great. In fact, he's been the savior of the Browns. Jarvis Landry's a special dude. can the browns hand a diva superstar? Sure. But you have to incorporate him in your offense more than you did Odell Beckham Jr. But we live and we learn. And do we think that this Kevin Stefanski can't learn to get people involved in the offense? They had this issue in Minnesota. But it was more of a Cousins digs Issue, right? But it was resolved. Diggs, Thielen, big-name wide receivers, they got the ball. Stefanski's been here a couple years. Landry gets the ball a lot. Donovan Peoples-Jones should be get the wide receiver one, wide receiver two type treatment the rest of this year, in my opinion. Higgins has had success in his offense. In fact, had like over 600 yards like down the stretch last year, one of the most productive wide receivers in the NFL in like the last seven games last year. He put up superstar numbers down the stretch. So sure, yeah, they can do it. Is there going to be a narrative there? Are guys going to be afraid to come here? You know what? If the money's right, they'll come. I think they'll probably go for a high-end wide receiver in the draft before they do in free agency, personally, going forward. But if they did go after a guy in free agency, if the money's right, they'll come here. We saw that this offseason. Big names coming into play on what was a not very good defense last year because Cleveland is on the map as in the winning window. A lot of positivity around the team going into this year. Troy Hill, John Johnson III, and Clowney coming in at money less than market value, in fact. So, will this scare off other wide receivers? I don't think so. I think that's ridiculous. I think Kevin Stefanski is perfectly... Uh, capable of incorporating a diva, high-profile wide receiver in this offense and getting him the ball. Was Odell different? Odell is different in general. He is a different dude in general. So, yeah, it's different. It's different. So I don't think, for that that is a a problem going forward. I, I I really don't second narrative or another narrative I want to hit real quick. Baker has lost the locker room. Baker has lost the locker room. The locker room loved OBJ. They hate Baker. It's either split or they are mad at Baker. They, They dislike Baker. They question if Baker can do it. All this stuff. And then Along with that, we're seeing a lot of fuck Bakers, Baker's average, Baker sucks. This is all Baker's fault. It's not all Baker's fault. Baker's been disappointing in 2020. He's also been injured in 2020. To what extent that affects his game? I thought it affected his game. And and you know we followed this very closely at All Eyes on Cleveland. We've been all over the shoulder injury, the labrum, now the... The fracture, probably the Hill sex, lesion, whatever he has. I thought it affected him more in the prior weeks than it did to last week. I thought he threw the ball pretty well last week. I think it's getting a little bit better, actually, or he's learning to play with it better because he looked more like himself last week. The problem with Baker isn't so much his arm, and it may, be a, it may be partially from the injury, but it's his eyes. He doesn't trust his eyes right now. He sees skies open, and he won't let it go. He sees things happening, and he won't throw into the windows that we were used to seeing him throw into last year. He's not the Baker Mayfield we saw last year. He's not the guy that makes... Tight throws into windows, throws guys open, plays aggressively downfield. He's timid, Baker. Is that because of the injury? Is that because of Stefanski? I don't think it's because of Stefanski. I really don't. I think this is on Baker. But he's got to get over it, whatever it is, and start to push the ball down the field because this pass offense needs him to do that. He can't be afraid contract year, whatever, to throw an interception. You have to push the ball down the field or else this is never going to work, right? They already scheme so much open for him as is. He's not asked to do a ton of throwing guys open in this offense, right? So when the opportunities are there and guys are running open down the field within the scheme... (laughs) Odell, not so much in the scheme, right? But in the scheme, throw the ball to him. Take your shot. Throw the ball to him. You can make those throws. He can make those throws. We see him all the time. He makes great throws all the time. We're like, wow, that's a fantastic throw. Where has that been all game? All season. We saw it last year. Got to see it this year. Moving forward, I hope for better. For whatever reason, Odell being gone, it's fine. But I'm glad it's happened. But for whatever reason, the data points say it. And and it's not just a small data portion, sample size now. It's a larger data size. Baker's much better without Odell on the field. The Browns are better without Odell on the field. Let's hope they are better on Sunday. Because they have to beat this Bengals team on Sunday. They have to win, right? Now... There's also the narrative out there that this season is done. This season is far from done. As much as I say they have to win on Sunday, they could even lose on Sunday and they're still in it at 4-5. and five. So let's be real about this. They still have a lot of the division in front of them, including two games back-to-back against the Ravens, which I think benefit them very much. If they could get that first one going on to buy when the Ravens don't have a bye, they have to go to Pittsburgh and then play them at home in the second one, you could sweep the Ravens. Not the way they're playing right now, but in a couple weeks, if you got things on the right path and pulled off a win on Sunday night in Baltimore, which is very hard to do, but if you could, that could change your season around right there. You could win the North. The AFC is wide open. Bruh. Lots in the wide open aspect of the AFC. Teams up, down, left, right. Teams losing to teams they shouldn't be losing to. Beating teams they shouldn't be beating every week in the NFL. It's wide open. They should get this game. They need to get this game on Sunday. But it's not... They're not done at 4-5 and if they lose. I don't think the locker room is split. I think this locker room... Likes Baker Mayfield. I think he's a solid leader. I think he's more mature. A couple of years ago, this might have, earlier in his career, this might have caused the locker room to turn on their quarterback somewhat. But Baker, the way he is now, and what I heard from him in the press conference the other day, I don't think he will lose the locker room because of this. This locker room wants to win. Sure, they love OBJ, everybody loves OBJ, but not everybody, right? We heard some comments, people, he's a malcontent, he's this, that, the other, people saying that's not true, Uh, his backers saying that's not true, whatever. I don't care either way at this point. What I care about is how they are now. I thought it was refreshing to read Jarvis Landry's post for his birthday. It was very much like, move on to the right place, the better place. I love you, brother, this, that, the other. But it wasn't like, there's no anger there. There was no anger from Jarvis about him not being a part of this. This is Jarvis's thing, man. This is Jarvis's thing. Like, OBJ coming in, like, it's like kind of like Big Brother coming in on Little Brother's They never looked at it like that. They just wanted to be together. But this is Jarvis's town. This is Jarvis's team. Make no bones about it. Period. So he's gone. This is still Jarvis's shit, right? Like this is his thing. It's time to turn it around. And I think he's going to be all about that come Sunday. So follow his lead. Follow Baker's lead. Follow Stefanski's lead. I think this locker room will be just fine going forward. But they got to go out and show it on Sunday. This is a good Bengals team. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow night with uh, Jake Burns. Jake uh, um, will be on with me as we do the game day preview joint collaboration. All Eyes on Cleveland OBR Film Room Breakdown. Uh, as we do every game day, I mean, it's a monstrous game. You got Chase, but you got Denzel back. You should have uh, Donovan Peoples Jones in there as your, for the first time, as your featured, uh, one of your featured two wide receivers. Higgins should get a lot of playing time more. Um, and uh, I hope Baker comes out and plays well. He's always played well against Cincinnati, it's an opportunity where he feels comfortable that he can go out and maybe have a big game, and let's turn the narrative on the season right here on Sunday. Even if it doesn't, that doesn't mean it won't happen as they go forward. But this is an opportunity for them to win three in a row, in my opinion. Bengals, Lions, Patriots. Boom, boom, boom. Very, very possible. Seven and four is a whole new world. A whole new world. Yep. I I really feel that way. Uh, But I'm not worried about the locker room. I'm not worried about diva wide receivers in the future. Still the same amount of concern for Baker as I had before. Don't know what is going on with him. Know he's injured. Don't think he trusts what he's seeing on the field. Let's see what we see on Sunday. That evaluation has to continue regardless of what happened with OBJ. Let's be real, folks. He had one target last week. Was he making a difference on the field? No. So why? Who cares? It's not that big a deal. He, he wasn't getting the ball, and when he de- get, did get the ball, and when he did get the ball in big spots, he dropped it. Let's move on. Time to move on. Time to get going, Tom Petty. Anyways, Browns, Bengals, Sunday, big one. OBJ being released, wanted to hit on a few of the narratives that I've seen out there that I don't necessarily think are true. Why I don't think they're true. Been under weather this week, I can, if you can hear it in my voice, I apologize. I was supposed to have a big show with James Rapine. Uh, the internet was out when I got home that day. Uh, but um, I did want to reach out and reach out and let everybody know where I was at with some of this stuff. So, uh, big game, big, 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 big divisional game. Browns, Baker, has own, the Bengals. Gotta get this one Sunday. Big one. Not over if they don't. But it would be really big if they did. Because I think it could be the start of something really good. You can almost draw a line in the sand there, right? If they win, you draw a line in the sand. B-O-B-J and A-O-B-J. For OBJ and after OBJ. Right? That's how it worked last year. Let's do it again. This has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland, audio-only version. Get it where all popular podcasts are found. This is uh, brought to you by Blue Wire Hustle and Blue Wire Podcasts. My name is Brad Ward. I'm your host, Mikey He has been so gracious on the ones and twos. And with that, I'll talk to you again tomorrow night with the game day preview. And Jake Burns, this has been Brad Ward. We out.